Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hop the props. Here we are. Chuck, how are you? Coming up on Thanksgiving next week. Yes, excited Seth, to see I'm you. doing good. Uh, it's almost feast week, which is always a fun time of the year. So I'm, I'm glad this is two weeks in a row for the first time on the pod in a, in a little while. So it's good to be back with you for the second consecutive week. Yeah, it, it is good to be talking sports, you know, back to every week here. And you're right. Feast week next week, huge college basketball week. I'll be glued to the TV Monday evening, 5 p.m. Eastern. The Zags play the Boilermakers. Ooh. Make sure you're tuning in there. Nice Just one of the many college basketball games that I am excited to watch next week. Well, yeah, we're going to be keeping it on football for this week, so stay tuned. Maybe next week we get some hop hoops going. Um, Seth, I was a point away from a 3-0 and week last week, so I was a little bummed for that. Yeah, you hate to see that. Absolutely hate to see it. I know as a, as a team we were, we were pretty good. Um, you went, you know, 2-1. and one. I went 1-2, and two, um, but we were all over – uh, Mizzou and Tennessee, so that was a that was nice to see that one cast the whole the whole Kansas and and Bills thing. That, <laughs> that just was, was tough. That was a tough watch on both ends. Should have just straight um, up faded you. That would have been a a big hit too. That would have been massive. To be fair, I would like it to be fair. The starting quarterback for Kansas did get injured, so that yeah, did that affect tough. the game. That that was a tough part. And then the Bills really should have won, but Demar Hamlin was the twelfth man on the field, so. Stuff, but that's why you got to bounce back. That's why there's another week, and here it's we always are. Another week back at it. That's why we made sure we had to come back week after this one. Almost a three and zero week. We're heating up on my end. We got three new plays for me and Chuck. Chuck, lead us off. Go into Saturday. Take us away. What's the first play for the kids? Yeah, thanks, Seth. Um, I'm gonna try to mirror my strategy. Like I said. Just a point away, if Oregon, like, I think they literally could have made a field goal and I would have cashed all my bets last week. Um, so I'm going to try to just implore similar strategies across the board. And the first one that I implored was hitting Michigan minus four and a half in kind of the biggest game of the week. So I'm going to take, I'm going to eye up one of the biggest games of this week and look at the Washington Oregon State game, 730, I believe, ABC on Saturday night. Um, we got Washington ranked number five in the college football playoff ranking, traveling to Corvallis to play Oregon State, who I think is ranked 11th in the playoff ranking. So this is a, a pretty, you know, high up high up matchup. And Oregon State's actually favored in this one, which I, I came as a little bit of a surprise. I understand it because Corvallis is a really tough place to play. Um, Oregon State was a really solid team last year. And then they brought in BJU. They're well coached. They kept their coach. Um, they kept a lot of their same defensive and offensive pieces. Um, so I kind of understand that that this could be a trap spot for Washington, but I'm going to take them at, at the money line just to win this game since the the line is so small. It's only one and a half in, in favor of Oregon State. So I can get Washington money line at plus money, plus 106. It's sitting at the last time I saw it. Um, so the line the line essentially applies, implies, like I did, I did math time last week, if you take out home field, it, they're basically saying that these two teams are basically even, which I just don't think is true, right? Because like Washington's ten and zero, Michael Penix Heisman front runner, and Oregon State's eight and two. They got my guy BJU transferring over from Clemson. I just don't see these team, these two teams, um, on the same playing field. And let's first talk about Oregon State a little bit. Um, so I mentioned DJU. I just don't trust him in a big game to put up a lot of points against anybody. You know, I've I've a lot of familiarity with 
with our guy from back at Clemson, and he just he couldn't seem to win the big game or very or even play very well in the big games. Um, I remember him getting just absolutely wrecked against Notre Dame in Notre Dame last year. Um, so this is a home game for him, which helps. But they haven't really played and won a big game this year. They they did beat Utah. That was a, probably the toughest game on their schedule. That was also at home, and that was when Utah was starting a third string quarterback, Nate Johnson. So I'm just I'm still not really impressed with that win either. Um, if you look at DJU's splits or just stats across the year, he's only had over a 60% completion percentage in two games this year, and those were against Stanford and Cal, um, two teams that they just crushed because it's kind of the bottom of the barrel of the Pac-12. So I just don't trust DJU to put up enough points here at battling against the Heisman frontrunner Michael Penix. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I feel like they're getting a little too much love. Um, their defense actually ranks 82nd against the pass, so I really just don't see that that's a big advantage. Um, and they haven't even played a real quarterback. Like I said, the toughest game on their schedule was Utah, a third-string quarterback. They didn't play. They haven't played Oregon. They haven't played USC. And obviously, they're playing Washington this week. Um, so the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12, they haven't played. They haven't been tested. Um, Cam Ward of Wazoo back in like week three or four or something like that passed for 400 yards on this defense. Um and Wazoo's not good. Like they've lost like five or six straight games since that win. They beat Oregon um, and came worth past 400 yards. So I just don't trust Oregon State um, in this spot. And I think Washington's defense actually isn't as bad as people think. They are 102nd against the pass. That that is accurate. Um, but I don't think, like I said, DJU can really take advantage of that. What Oregon State does does do really well is run the ball. They have a bit of a two-headed monster in the backfield. Um, but Washington's defense is 50th against the run this year. So I think Washington can do enough against the run to make DJ, to force DJ to make some plays. And I think DJ may make a couple, and I think this game will be close. But I just trust Michael Penix at the end of the day to make a play to win the game. Who are you going to trust more if this game is close coming down the wire? Michael Penix or DJU? I don't care where it is. It might It could be in Corvallis. I don't care. Penix put up 35 on Utah and 36 on Oregon. Both have better pass defenses than Oregon State. So I just think this team is better, and I trust Penix more. In what I think will be a close game, like I think the line is fair to, to rate these teams similarly. I just think Washington's better. Yeah, Chuck, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I, I agree. The one thing that really sticks out to me is the fact that Cam Ward, not only did he throw for 400 yards, but he also only had six incompletions wow. and four touchdown passes. Yeah. So he almost had as many touchdowns as incompletions. Shredded <laughs> them. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely shredded. And again, that game was in Washington. Uh, or that game is, yeah, in Washington at Washington State. Um, so, I mean, they are going to be at home this week. But again, like you said, I'd rather take Penix on a game winning drive than DJ. And I just, if this game turns into a shootout, which I think it's, it has the capability of doing, yeah. I don't think Oregon State will be able to keep up. Yeah. I think, I think. Washington still has a reasonable chance to get to 30 points here. And I just don't see Oregon state getting, getting to 30. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a high scoring game. At least I hope it look, it's going to be an entertaining game. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little on you, Chuck, um, going from a high scoring game. That's going to be very entertaining to a game that probably no one should watch. <laughs> and I'm going back to all reliable. Oh God. She never fails. She never fails. We're going to the Hawkeyes Stadium, Kinnick Stadium, we got Iowa against Illinois. Um, 
And you already know what we're, if we're betting Iowa, we're not betting spreads, especially after that punt mishap that cost me a lot. Um, we are going right to the under, all faithful. It's above 30 for the first time in three weeks. I'd like to say that again. The over-under of an Iowa game is above 30 for the first time in three weeks. It's at 31 and a half. They're playing Illinois. Technical difficulties cut out for a second. Really not sure what I was talking about, but I'm going to pick it up where I think I was talking about. So first pick of the week, Iowa, Illinois. Illinois is traveling to Iowa. First time in three weeks that the an Iowa game has an over-under above 30. It's at 31 and a half this week. I mean, it was part the two lowest unders, I think, in college football history were the weeks prior. And last week, Iowa shut out Rutgers. So that defense firing on all cylinders. And this is for this game, I want to focus on the quarterback play. Specifically, Deacon Hill, the new starting quarterback um, for Iowa since K. McNamara is hurt. Sophomore, Santa Barbara, California. Let me read some of these season stats for you. He's thrown for 715 yards, four touchdowns, five picks, a QBR of 14.8. <laughs> Chuck, that's abysmal. That's, That's so terrible. And this is apparently the 16th best team in the nation. Why? Because their defense is elite. Their offense can't do anything, but their defense is fantastic. So this is why I'm going to pivot to Illinois now. Their starter, Luke Altmeyer, he's back. Let's read his season stats, shall we? 1,800 yards. Let's play a lot more games. 13 touchdowns. 10 picks. QBR of 56.8. These are not good numbers. In case you don't know, you know how QBRs, these are bad. These are not good. So you've got two quarterbacks that really struggle. They throw a lot of tur- have a lot of turnovers. And Illinois' defense really isn't that bad. It's middle of the road in, in passing and rushing, falling in between 50 and 70th in both. So you know they're a competent defense. They're not as good as last year. If you listen to last year, we were really high on the fighting or on the on the Illini last year, um, but they're five and five. They're on a bit of a roll offensively, uh, but the teams they've played recently have been awful. Um, so they're going into Iowa, big battle. Yeah, the previous they played Minnesota and Indiana, um, and they both they won Minnesota by one and Indiana by three. So I think this is a huge regression. Playing a much better defense. Do I expect Iowa and uh, our boy Deacon Hill to miraculously score thirty points? Absolutely not. So I think this is an easy cash, especially when it's finally over 30 again. Yeah, 31 and a half. I love the under here. Doesn't even matter what the spread is. Iowa's going to win, and it's going to be 10 to 7. Yeah, I mean, surest thing in college football right now is, is Iowa unders. You mentioned, you know, the the fact that I think maybe their last three games had all been under 30 points um, in terms of last, total. Last four games. I'll read the last four. 22 to 0, 10 to 7, 12 to 10, 15 to 6. <laughs> yeah, and they're not even close. Like the highest scoring, they, they get 22 points at max. Um, and now Illinois is coming in there. So, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. We were pretty high on Illinois last year. Their defense was really great last year. Kind of took a step back this year, but what I have noticed about Illinois and kind of following them this year because I was so invested in them last year is that Luke Allmeyer is really bad. Um, He's really good. Threw four picks against Penn State in a game where I was curious how they would fare, um, and 
you can make the argument that the Iowa defense is even better than the Penn State defense, and that game was in Illinois. So now they now Luke Altmaier has to go to Iowa um, in a game that still means a lot to Iowa. They haven't technically clinched um, the Big Ten West yet, so they're still playing for something. Their defense is going to be going to be rolling. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's just the surest thing right now in college in college football. It's just these Islanders. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I, especially with our with the new quarterback at the helm, I just he is yet to any game he's played. They have not scored over twenty points. So again, I don't see it happening this week. Yeah, honestly, I just worry about Altmaier throwing like four pick sixes. But yeah, again, the Iowa the Iowa anytime uh, touchdown score always a good play. Definitely would throw it this week. Yeah, you probably don't even get that good of odds this week. No, it's probably minus. It's probably minus two hundred. <laughs> they're probably the favorite to score a touchdown. God, that's probably true. That's probably so true. Damn. Okay. Well, so I'm gonna switch gears here. We we tried and failed with the old uh, college football NFL parlay. I'm gonna try it again. Um, they say third time's the charm, so we both tried it last week. So I'm gonna try it this week. Uh, for us but i'm gonna switch last last week i took two spreads and teased them down and like i said i was a field goal away from from cashing that one with oregon and the, and the cowboys this week we're gonna we're gonna get a little ugly we're gonna take some unders kind of following your trend i love unders um, i think unders. been pretty profitable this year especially in the nfl and i will get to that but first i'm going to focus on the college game um nc state versus virginia tech um this is in virginia tech 330 kick on saturday uh kind of not the best game in the ACC, but I, I wanted to kind of see if I, I still had some ACC knowledge underlying from all my, my following of Clemson. Um, and NC State, what they've been doing really well is playing defense. That They haven't, um, in all six of their ACC games, I don't think there's been more than 41 total points scored. Um, the NC State defense has been really solid this year. They're sixth against the run, and I think that's really important in this game because Virginia Tech really, their offense is uh, – really only a running offense. They have a they have a quarterback who's kind of a dual threat, doesn't really throw it too much, um, but tends to run the ball. And it's kind of the same thing for NC State. They, they got Brandon Armstrong, the transfer from Virginia, which I think we've talked about previously on this podcast. He, we, don't, we don't love him um, as a thrower. He can, he can run a little bit. Um, but for Virginia Tech's passing defense is actually really solid. They're fourth in the nation. So these are two, like, top 10 units or certainly high, high, high units in the ACC. Um, combined in their 12 ACC games, nine have gone under um, 50 points. So nine of 12. And, and the three that haven't were all on the Virginia Tech side. Um, one was pretty fluky. I think, Seth, you actually took this on the pod. They played Pitt, and that game went over. But I, was I did. At, I did. Yeah. I, I was looking at the box score. I think you just got a really bad break with that. There was, a, there was like a, a scoop and score. Um, Pitt had two touchdowns that were one play drives, you know, so just like broken, just huge 60 plus yard plays. Um, so I think if you take those three things away, this, that total fits hits at 38 instead of what it, I think they ended at 38 to 21. Um, so if you take some of those flukes away, that under should have hit um, one, one Virginia tech game that went over was the Florida state. Obviously Florida state's going to score on everybody in the ACC right now. Um, and, one was last week. They put up 48 points on Boston College, but that was because Boston College is 108th in rushing defense. NC State is sixth. So I think Virginia Tech, even though they're at home, is going to have a much harder time scoring in this one, um, especially with just how NC State has been playing on defense lately. Um, 
So I think they struggle to score, but I think NC State also struggles to score because they just they just all season have not been very good offensively. So going into Virginia Tech in this one, I just don't think I think they're going to come out pretty flat. I don't think Brendan Armstrong is going to do too much, especially through the air against this pretty solid Virginia Tech passing defense. Um, so that's my my first leg of this is is the under fifty and a half. I'm going to tease that up. I think it's at forty two, but I'm going to tease it up to fifty and a half and take that under. Um, and the second one is we're going all the way to Monday night. So Seth, I'm kind of following what you did last uh, week. Yes, yeah, I like it. The long wait, which is tough, but I do that because primetime unders in the NFL so far this season are thirty and seven. Seth. My God, just, we should have just been doing that this whole time. Just a cash cow, yeah. That's 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 better than the S and P five hundred right there. If you just it's, put your money oh on some, some primetime so unders, that includes the London game. So basically, any standalone game. Um, it's just hitting at a crazy clip. And what I think is also helps helps my favor is it looks like we're recording this as the Thursday Night Football game is going on. It's 27-13 to 13 bank, uh, Ravens versus the Bengals. So one more score in that one, and I think, I think it hits the over, which is rare for a primetime game. So I think that works in my favor. We're just likely to get an under at some point this week. Um, why not Monday Night Football? Uh, we got the, the Eagles traveling to Kansas City. So the Kansas City defense has actually been the strength this year for them. Um, they've just been a really solid unit playing in a lot more low-scoring games. This isn't the same explosive offense that we're used to seeing with Mahomes um, because of his receiving core. It's just it's just not up to par um, in what we've seen in prior years. It's pretty much Kelsey or nothing. And the Eagles' secondary is kind of what is their weakness if you had to call one out. So I just don't think Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to be able to exploit that too, too much. I think they'll you know, they might do okay. Obviously it's Mahomes, but, but between, you know, the Eagles secondary being not be able to expose by these weak Kansas city receivers, the fact that primetime unders have been cashing, um, the fact that both of these teams off a of buy are as important. Also, I got another stat for you here. So oh, I love, I'm a stat guy. I love the stats. When both NFL teams are on extended rest, I'm not sure how far the state's back, but both teams on extended rest. So both of these teams are coming off a of buy this week. Um, Unders are 101, 47, and 1. Wow. So that's that's hitting at a 2-to-1 clip, um, more than 2-to-1, really. So, you know, all the trends are just pointing towards this under, so I think it's even better if you tease it up. So I'm going to tease just for for ease of remembering what I bet here because it gets a little confusing. You've got a long wait till Monday. Both of these games under 50.5 points gets you to minus 109. And I really like that play. Just I think all the trends are pointing in the right direction in the NFL game. And then on the ACC game on Saturday, I just think both those defenses are pretty decent and both those offenses are pretty sus. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I will never hate on a guy betting an under. I respect the under. I respect the tease up of the under, especially those two games. Um, you're right. I am familiar with Virginia Tech's defense. I did bet on them against Pitt earlier in the year. You're right. It was a weird game. I watched it. There were just a bunch of big plays. Um, but they do have a good defense, and especially pairing that with NC State, um, I like that play as well. And then you, you surprised me with the Chiefs-Eagles because as a, as a Birds fan myself, I kind of expect that game to be high scoring. But, I mean, you were you were pulling the numbers, and the, the numbers don't lie, Chuck. We can lie. The numbers can't lie. This so. is one of those bets you just got to kind of take. I, I definitely could be wrong. But I, I do think it kind of helps also that the Super Bowl is pretty high scoring. You know, mm-hmm. So I think the last two times these teams met, it was high scoring, but this time maybe they kind of feel each other out a little bit more. There's, there's a little bit slower start to this game. Um, 
Well, I'm excited for that one. That's a, that's just a, we got a Super Bowl matchup, a rematch um, on Monday night. Philly's going to be angry, um, but, but Andy Reid off a bye is always a tough tough spot there. So I don't really know what side I'm on. So I just like the under. Yeah, that's just going to be a great game. Excited to watch that one. Um, moving to another possible great game in college football. Going back to Saturday here, same time as so this is the same time as the Iowa game. So make sure to watch this one because this one will actually be good. We got Georgia traveling to Tennessee. Now, I remember at the very beginning of the year, I picked Georgia as a lock to basically hit their over win total. It was at 11 and a half. And I said, this was the one game that I'm like, I could maybe see them losing. I can no longer see them losing <laughs> this game. Someone probably should clip that just in case, like, you know, Tennessee just blows them out. So then they're like, oh, Seth, whatever you said, just don't listen to them because I can see that becoming a sound bite. But Tennessee obviously did not look good last week against Mizzou. They've, they've, they've fallen off a little bit. And really the thing that I want to point out is any good defense, they have really struggled. Florida lost by 13 on the road, only had 16 points. Played A&M, who's a decent defense. They're top 20 in passing and rushing. Only put up 20 points at home. Played Kentucky who's on the fringe of being a good defense. They're top 40 in passing and rushing. They only won by six. And now they're playing a Georgia team that's really in the top of every defensive category. And Georgia's rolling. I mean, if you watch that game against Ole Miss, they handled them. That was the best they looked all year. Georgia might be catching their stride. Just got put into the number one spot in the college football playoff. And they are favored by 10 points this week. I do not believe Tennessee, after that... 29-point loss to Missouri. Chuck, I know you mentioned that you're like, hey, this could be a bounce-back game. I don't know if you can bounce back from Mizzou and then going to play Georgia. I don't know if that's a bounce-back opportunity. Yeah. So even though it's in Tennessee, I really think Georgia's blowing them out here. Again, you're, you're dealing with Georgia's top 20 in pretty much every statistical defensive category. I'm not going to list them off because we'd be here all night. Tennessee's a big running team. Joe Milton has not been great through the air. I really don't think you're going to be running on Georgia's front seven. They don't allow a lot of rushing yards. Rushes per temper down. They're going to force you to pass the ball because you're probably going to be behind. And Milton has not looked good in these past couple games going against a Georgia secondary that's top-notch. So I really think this game, it might start off close, but I think the second Georgia kind of starts to open it up again, or open it up a bit, it might get out of hand. So I'm I'm not afraid to lay those ten points on the road here. Yeah, honestly, this line kind of scared me off before you you mentioned it because I didn't really understand it. I don't know how Georgia's only a ten point favorite in this spot. I I guess it's it's a lot of love for Tennessee being a tough place to go play, and this being like Tennessee's big massive game. But that was that was more true last year when Tennessee was actually like good and had something more to play for and they went to Georgia and got crushed. They just couldn't could not stop them um, from from sacking Hendon Hooker. Now they got Joe Milton. I had some faith that Hendon Hooker could maybe beat this Georgia team. I have zero faith that Joe Milton can go beat this Georgia team. I don't care that it's at home. So I think at some point in this you have to just underthink it and say Hey, like like I was talking about earlier, I don't trust DJU to go beat Washington. I don't care it's at home. You just it just comes down to the quarterback. Do they have the quarterback to go win this game um, and even like make it close? And I just don't think Tennessee has that much to play for anymore, especially after they got blown out 
by Mizzou. They lost to Bama already this year. They're they're kind of probably running out of gas emotionally at this point. Um, I know this is probably the biggest game on their their calendar, but at this point, with as many losses that they have, how how high up are you getting for for this Georgia game? So, I like the play. It's a, it's a popular chalky play, um, but there hasn't been a lot of chaos in college football this year. The, the the good teams have been winning, and the good teams have been covering. Yeah, and the the one thing I want to point out too from last week, I mentioned Tennessee. You know, is has a good rushing offense. Their leading rusher last week in this game was Joe Milton with 36 yards. And that's because they got behind. And it's like, if that happens again against Georgia, are they going to abandon the running game and rely on Milton who threw the ball 34 times last week for 267 yards, one touchdown, a pick? I just, if that happens and they start to abandon that run game, which I think is going to end up happening, I don't think they'll be able to catch up. I think they'll have too many turnovers. And Georgia's going to just end up kind of stretching this out in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, watch out. If Georgia goes up like seven or ten early, yeah, I think it's over. Tennessee's in a tough spot there. So, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, So to wrap us up or wrap my plays up here for the week, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the NFL pivot back to Sunday first Sunday game we're talking about here. Um, Again, trying to mirror the successful strategy that that I had last week. I, I had the Browns plus six and a half. They Ended up kind of a crazy game. They ended up winning outright. They were down crazy 14. Game. They were down 14 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Pick six, Lamar. Got another touchdown. Missed the extra point, but then somehow got the ball again and kicked a game-winning field goal at the end. Um, so just kind of a crazy game, but I liked the spot. Right, The reason I made that play was not because the Browns are amazing or I thought Deshaun was you know, going to be really solid in that game. I just It was just the spot. I thought the Ravens reached peak market value. This was a divisional game. They're usually close. I'm going to follow that same logic this week and talk about my favorite NFL team, the stinky Chicago Bears. They're mm. going to Detroit to play the on-fire Lions, and I think this is peak of the market on the Lions. Right? They've been absolutely rolling, coming off the bye week, coming off a 40-point outing in L.A. against the Chargers uh, where they won, and Dan Campbell went for it on fourth down like five, six, seven times or something like that. So he's just you know, everybody's favorite head coach right now. You know, he's a favorite of the pod, but I'm going to have to fade him in the spot. So full disclosure, this line opened at 10. Justin Fields, it was announced uh, that he was going to start in this game. And it has since trickled all the way down to seven and a half at time of recording. I don't like that. Well, I do like that the pros are hitting this. The pros are with me on this play, which I, I, I always like, but I don't really like that. I lost all the value waiting until this time to bet it. So I'm going to tease it back up to 10.5. So that's going to be my official pod play. That's minus 150. So if we want to get it back down to kind of an even money play, I'm going to throw the Dolphins money line in there. Seth, I know you're about to talk to this, but the Dolphins are off a bye. Devon Achan's coming back, apparently. Hope so. Um, I don't really trust the Raiders. I know they got a new head coach in there, but their last two wins against the, the Giants and the Jets, not really in, all inspiring. All the Dolphins do is beat bad teams that's kind of their mo um so I, I think the dolphins is a fairly safe play to throw in with the money line here and then going back to the bears at plus 10 and a half i really love this so divisional road dogs you know these divisional games are usually close the bears only lost by 10 against the lions once since 2018 um and i know the lions have been pretty bad but but if you think back to 
to what I said. I said something really similar about the Browns last week, that they kept these games close with the Ravens, even though the Browns used to be really bad, right? So, like, it doesn't really matter how bad these teams get. These games are still close. They might lose them, but they're still close. Um, and we saw the Cardinals last week when Kyler came back. They looked kind of rejuvenated, right? They, they Nice comeback win against the Falcons. I think this is going to be a similar spot, hopefully, for Justin Fields coming back into this offense, kind of look a little bit better than they have and kind of just give them some juice and some motivation. And the Bears' defense has looked a lot better. They made a trade at the deadline, which made me scratch my head as a Bears fan. They acquired Montez Sweat, who was on on an expiring contract for a second-round pick. And it sounds like, I don't know if they they finished off the deal, but it sounds like they were going to sign him to a deal and just let him play the rest of the year, even though... You know, at this point, I probably I kind of want them to tank, but Montez Sweat has actually been really solid for them. They've played two games with him in since they traded for him. Um, only gave up twenty four to the Saints and gave up thirteen to the the Carolina Panthers. So the defense has looked a little better than it did at the start of the year when they gave up like forty one to the Chiefs. Um, so the defense is a little bit better. They're actually getting some some semblance of pass rush. So hopefully they can get after Goff a little bit in this spot. And I just think the Bears will be able to put up enough points and keep this fairly close. So I like the 10.5 plus Dolphins money line for my final play. Yeah, Chuck, I mean, all, betting again, betting the Bears is always a, a risky play. But I know – uh, So I don't, I don't know how much I can go into that with you. But, I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for it. And I, I know that you're absolutely right that this is the time. If you're going to bet against the Lions, this is the time to do it. That's possibly one of the most entertaining you know, games of the week or of the season so far. So I do respect the play. And I'm, I'm going to follow that up with – Possibly a more aggressive play. <laughs> I would agree. And, and this is what I mentioned it last week, but I said I got to get back to my passion picks of the week because they always they always seem to hit. I remember my first passion pick back in the day was when the Indiana Hoosiers were ranked and they were playing Ohio <laughs> State and they covered fourteen points and everyone's like, "Not a chance." Well, this is this is that in the that NFL. Was, that right was here. Michael Penix. We're coming for full You're circle right. here. You're right. That was Michael Penix. And now we're going to the biggest spread on the board and one of the teams you talked about. We're looking at the Raiders and the Dolphins. God damn it, Seth. And we're taking the Raiders. I know. It's, it sounds crazy because it is crazy. Yes. But you're getting at 13 and a half. You're getting 13 points. Now, I want, you, I want to paint a picture for you here. Five weeks ago, the Raiders – Play the Bears, and and our boy. What's our what's the backup quarterback's name? Teabag. Teabag for the Bears. The guy who played. I know we talked about the game. We talked about it. Um, how he played. You know Westchester University. All these great things. They gave up thirty points to that Bears team. Then they go to Detroit the next week. Give up twenty six. Lose. Coach gets fired. New coach steps in. Now I know. They're 2-0 since the interim coach has been there, and they've played the Giants and the Jets. I know. But they've only given up 6 and 12. 6 and 12. That defense is playing inspired football. What can you count on with defenses? Playing inspired. They're 5-5. Five and five. They have their outside looking in on the playoffs. Yes, I do think Miami's going to win the game. But my, Miami is is very like they, their defense is eh, it's streaky. They gave up twenty one to the Panthers. They gave up sixteen to the Giants. They gave up seventeen to the Patriots when they were struggling. 
So all I'm really asking for is for the or for the Raiders to put up 20 points and the Chiefs to put up 31. I think that's a very reasonable ask. I mean, not the Chiefs, the the Dolphins to put up 31. I think that's a very reasonable ask. 31 to 20. If I had, a, I'd take that score. That, that means the Raiders can give up 31. An inspired defense with a new coach can give up 31. I'm taking that all day. And I know they're coming off a bye, but I, I believe Aiden O'Connell can put up a couple touchdowns. Devontae Adams, his energy's high. I don't know if you've seen the videos of him in the locker room. They're smoking cigars in there. It's a different Raiders team. And you're going to give him 13? I'm taking it. I'm taking it, Chuck. And I'm running. God, this is so scary. Um, you, you made some good points. The Raiders do have a pretty... Pretty good roster, honestly. I mean, Josh Jacobs, you mentioned Devontae Adams, Max Crosby on the defensive side. Um, and, you know, they are playing a little bit more motivated probably. But I just don't don't want to take too much out of the Giants and the Jets games, right? Like, they probably should have lost that game to the Jets if, like, the Jets had any semblance of a starting quarterback. Um, so, I don't know. I, I definitely – think it's a lot of points it certainly is it's it's gotten bet up i think this opened at like 11 and a half 12 and it's up to 13 especially if this gets to 14 you might have to take it because it, it certainly could be a backdoor situation it's it's hard to know um how aiden o'connell is going to perform against a real team trying to compete with tua um so we'll see you know i i don't i don't know if i can i can join you on this one but but i certainly understand the logic yeah, it's and the other thing I want to point out, we talked about this before, but ninety-one percent of the current bets yeah. are currently I mean, on like Miami. That is absurd. That is an absurd number. Now, if ninety-one percent of the bets are on Miami, and granted, it's gone up a couple points, but I mean, that's the public. I love the public. I am the public. But 91% of the public on it, that is a red flag to me. Another reason to take it. And because on paper, this makes no sense. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's like you can look at any stat you want. It makes zero sense. Like you have Aiden O'Connell against Tua. The Miami's offense is fantastic. The Raiders' defense is questionable statistically. But that's why this is the passion pick of the week. You've got the locker room's... I do love Mike McDaniel, and I do like the Dolphins. But I'm telling you, that Raiders locker room right now might be the hottest locker room in the NFL. All right, Seth. I mean, I certainly do like that that 91% of people under Miami. Historically, that's that's I think that's something we talk about a lot on the podcast. Historically, when you when you see those numbers over 80% start to get wary, that's that's not the side you necessarily want to be on. So um for that reason alone, and I think that's really the only valid reason you have. Uh, I don't. I don't hate. It. Are you saying my passion isn't a valid reason? Well, I gotta love the passion pick. I can't. I can't hate. That. Can't hate on a good passion pick. No. If you're that's, that's what I've got for you. It's all I've got is passion. Full of it. If you don't have the stats, you just you just get passionate. And yeah, yeah. This is all. I, that's all I'm doing. It's all I'm doing on this play. But I can tell you that's what's gonna happen. It's, it's uh, dare I say it, my most confident play of the week. Whoa. Yes. No, more than the Iowa under? Oh, uh, I don't know. That, those are both so good. 
right. Uh, probably Iowa under is my probably number one, but this one's number two. Well, Seth's feeling good. Uh, hopefully, you either, you know, are going to be joining us on these on these bets that we gave out, or or maybe fading. If, like I said, if you if you faded Seth last week, you would have you've been quite profitable. So, yeah. happens, happens. Can't win them all. That's why you got a bounce back. this week. Yeah, yeah. Passion this week. It's a bounce back spot for. We're betting Iowa. We're betting Georgia, and we're betting the Raiders. We are all over the board. Yeah, interesting card. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington. My card's a little bit. Your card's pretty easy. My card's a little bit more confusing. I'm gonna take Washington, and then I got two parlays for you. I got the Bears plus ten and a half, and the Dolphins money line, and then I got two unders. We're taking NC State and Virginia Tech, and Kansas City at Philly or versus Philly, um, under fifty and a half. Again, if you don't want to parlay those, I like them separately. That's fine. You can bet the normal normal unders, but I'm going to tease them up and get some value. And, and I just enjoyed the the college and NFL parlay. That's just too fun. Yeah, I had to take a week off of that after just too heartbreaking. <laughs> um, yeah, that was tough. The fact that Texas Tech kicked a field goal with like 27 seconds left too. Like, uh, what are we doing, Kansas? Come on. I mean, the I odds that-, that Kansas were going to put up 13 points in that game was – was tough. It was just a weird game. Was, the quarterback got hurt. That's what I'm blaming it on. Yeah. So, but maybe maybe we'll get back into that next week. It, it also might just be a heavy college basketball pod next week. But uh, Chuck, we'll we'll be in the in the same state next week, and hopefully in the same room recording the pod. Yeah, so we'll excited a, to a turkey day excited to be back. Um, and hopefully this uh, propels us to a, a good week next week. Yeah, we're in the middle of November, starting to get cold. The bets are coming in, and uh, we're feeling good. So thanks for tuning in and sticking with us for this long, and uh, we'll see you next week. The weather's cold, but the wallets are hot. It's time. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. That's, that's All right. a good idea. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>